There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Suck it! Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Yeah. Oh, there he is. There he is. What up? What up? What up? Two times Ozzy. You can't. You can't. Bleep, you can't beat no, that. Hey, there's my Ozzy and the goddamn follow the rules Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> which one is which, though? That's. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I can't even start my goddamn fucking computer without you know, like. Hey. Hey. So, sometimes, sometimes better off that way because hey, I don't know how to do this. Fuck it. Hey. You, you and me both. I got a five-year-old who's telling me how to do things on YouTube right now. So, well, you know. I got I got one year. It's going to be two years pretty soon. This uh-huh. motherfucker is like this with my iPhone. Just, <laughs> just, just, just. I want to take a picture. I want to take a picture of Aerobane today. Give me a fucking like thirty seconds. Like goddamn, goddamn, goddamn. I said, you Hero, getting Hero, Hero Bay said, when you are dumb, you always will be a dumb. <laughs> Hey, no way to get him kicked off. Now, I appreciate you jumping on with us. As always, home opener today over there uh, at Guarantee Ray Field. This is the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff, episode 89, I believe it is, Jesse. Is it 89? Yeah, 89. Oh, see, I'm cooking with gas. I already knew. I, I remember which fucking episode it is. Uh, the reason why you are hearing us in good spirits is because I get a chance to talk to one of my favorite people, uh, not just in this city, but in my in my sporting history as a fan 
of teams in this city, whether it be the the White Sox, the Bulls, the Bears, the Blackhawks, uh, Ozzie Guillen, ladies and gentlemen, manager of the World Series winning championship, 2005 Chicago White Sox. Ozzie, it was a, it was a fun day out there at Guarantee Ray Field today. Saw you there at the beginning. What, what was the uh, the ceremony about at the beginning of the game with you and Tommy and Harold Baines? Uh, you know, one of the greatest day, one of the greatest opening day I ever have just for one reason. You know, we know my best friend, one of my best friend, Harold Baines, got a little bit of problems, health problems in the offseason. Uh, and one was, uh, I was lucky enough to know. That's weird to say that, but uh, mm-hmm. I was the only few people to know was it went through and then uh, uh, we was worried about it and uh, and we were praying to every day pray to God and pray to anybody and you know me try to help and uh, and to go through that and then you put everything together and and it's it just like a we have a new baby mm-hmm. because you know it's, it's, it's harder because you have a new baby you made the baby you come up with a with the problem here have it was a little bit more difficulty. Yeah. Uh, for him to be back when I saw him on, uh, on the field. That's the first time I see him. I talked to him on the phone a lot. And in, in, in the offseason, uh, I, I talked to his wife, but I couldn't talk to him, obviously, for obviously reasons. Yeah. But uh, when I talked, when he called me for the first time, he told me two words. I'm fine, brother. And it, I mean, that he could, I could, he could have talked to anymore. Then I sent him a text to his wife, said, when he's ready to talk, I just sent a message, whatever it is. But uh, see him on the field today, uh, seeing his emotional the way it was, to me, was big. To me, it was uh, very important. Seeing one of my best friends there enjoying this uh, opening day with us, uh, having, you know, two Hall of Famers next to us, Bo Jackson there. And it was great. You know what I mean? I, I, I think overall, uh, one, um, and by the way, Tony Russo was uh, his, one of his first manager. And uh, one one. One of the opening days I never forget, and never will forget in my life, it was this one just because that particular half an hour, one hour I spent with him on the field. Then I went out, talked to his wife in the, in the, in the suites, and uh, it was amazing. Good for the White Sox to win a good game. Uh, everything turned pretty good overall. It was fun. It was fun. And uh, But the biggest thing it was, you know, see see my man with the uniform back on, with Jersey yeah. Topper. Throw first piece ceremony, like, oh my God, he will do it. But uh, he don't want to do it. He don't want to do it. I said, bro, you got to enjoy it. That's a different thing. You got to enjoy it every second. And a new lease on life. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I was very glad he did it. Yeah, yeah. And for those listening, uh, Harold Baines uh, underwent both heart and kidney transplants. So to go through one of those things, I can't imagine the the prep and then the rehab and just making sure your body is taking to new organs, but to have to go through two of them. Uh, he, when my parents first came to this country, they knew about Harold Baines because he was a terrific White Sox player. My mom always used to comment that you know it's the quiet guy, and for, yeah, the, last, yeah. for the last for the last thirty years, Harold has been known as the quiet. Um, powerful, impactful dude around this franchise. 30 straight home openers. Uh, got a chance to get to this one, so um, shout it's out to funny. Harold. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, I'm, I always making stupid jokes and I was like, man, you know what I mean? Did you read the life you live? Did you live my life? They cannot find any organs to fit my body. <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when you... Well, you are like that, man. <laughs> you just like you. I don't want to say lucky. Yes, but sir. Find, it was easy to find organ for people like him. And you would say, okay, let's find a heart for Ozzy. 
Believe me. You gonna be down on the list? I'm done. No, I'm done. Nobody can find a heart. Nobody. No way. That's that's one thing uh, I I like the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Ozzy, I, I wanna wanna get to today's game, but before we even do that, um, baseball was in a bad way earlier this you know winter slash beginning of this spring. Uh, a lot of people are talking about people staying away from the game because of what was happening. And I was one of the people talking about like how fans would react and, and what the lockout would do. And I got to be honest with you, man. All that shit went out the window for me for opening day because baseball brings that rhythm back to you. It brings that that sense of spring and summer coming back to you. It's the soundtrack of, of many of our summers as kids. And of course, you as a professional ball player and manager. Um are there really long-lasting impacts when something like th- what happened this offseason in terms of the lockout is concerned with fans and players alike, or is it just that's the business side, it's over, and now you get ready to play the game? I was worried about you. I was with you. I was disappointed about it because a lot of people say this is the best era of baseball financially in a way, and everything's looked great for baseball. And all of a sudden, we got it to have the hiccup. Very mm-hmm. bad. You know what I mean, it's a bad feeling about it because, first of all, a lot of people talking about rich people, talking about rich with rich people. And I said, no, no, no. Billionaires talking with millionaires. And that is just like, uh, and people worry about, it's all about the fans. I don't think they forget about the fans. It's something you have to do and you have to deal with every, all the, uh, 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 every five years. Mm-hmm. My, my thing is we have to learn from this. We cannot wait to the five year start to start talking. I said, the third year, say, hey guys, let's get together. I know from two years from now, life is going to be different. Uh, economic is going to be different. Who mm-hmm. knows what it be? But let's start to put the project on the table. Make sure we don't miss day. Not because you mean you miss that many days, just because we're going to keep fans with a smile in their face. Mm-hmm. That's all they have to do. I don't think it's going to be something very drastic to us. But I was very, very very glad they cut it right away because I got people inside and I, I make a couple of phone calls and the thing don't look too good. You're talking about no media, talking about the real people. Right, right. And I was very upset and very sad and very worried. Very worried because I said, man, this this game go to a go to the right route. All the sun, mm-hmm. we're going to miss that. And they're going to take a, a, a long time to bring those guys back. Now when they this the resolve that problem right away, I think it was good for everyone. I don't think it was good for the ball club because obviously they gotta go different way, different rules. Uh, spring training very far, but uh, for, for fans, we will see. We will see obviously the first month of the season is always hard because the weather in so many different places. Right. But I think I think people I think people appreciate a lot what they did. Like, okay, right away, done, okay, move on. And I think people appreciate that more than there was before. How has the business of acquiring international players changed? I mean, it was talked about in the CBA. You've, you know, you've been a part of this process. You've seen it go down uh, for, you know, players that you know for yourself, for, for the rest of the league after you've been in it as well. How, how has it changed? How has it been taken advantage of? What will some of these international players with, with an international draft or, or, or some other ways to acquire players? Some of these, some of these people in you know, San Pedro de Macorís or in Japan, like what, 
when when you look at it now where baseball is and where it's going and how much money is being played to players who aren't in the college ranks or in the high school ranks here locally or nationally or domestically, how do you think the game is changing in that realm? And, and do you think that the, the scales are being balanced a little bit more in terms of the competitive market and, and, and bidding on some of these players? I think uh, it's, you can look at two different faces. You know, before we signed kids, it's 15 years old. Right. You know, a lot, many. Now we can sign a guy and go to compete against a college player, 22, 23 years old, 20 years old. If you like it, you sign it. That's one good thing. Uh, the bad thing I see around, now you caught, big time caught, the guy abused kids to come to be a professional player. They spend the money, they buy them like the piece of jewelry. You, mm-hmm. I, I own you, you got to do this, you got to do that cut that too. Major League, Major League Baseball people start notice about it. But I think it is good because we come from 16 all the way to 22, 23 years old. And they cut the little mafia, the little thing they have in all countries to hire players, don't give players opportunity. Uh, if you were to do this, you got to uh, exchange for this. I think Major League Baseball doing a good job to control that. But my question in areas is they really going to control that? They have to control that. Just like, uh, not just because, okay, just sign and move on and forget about it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about, I hope they control that and I think better off for the kids and they, go, they give them a better opportunity. And, and, they, and the fans will find out who the, you know, what kind of play they're going to have in the Latino draft. And I, I think that's good because everybody got to be together. You good? Be number one, you last, and also, I think it gives the uh, the opportunity to just be a free agent. You be like twenty two round pick for for Latin America, and we got to do whatever we think, and that's how much money you're gonna make. And I think that's a good idea for for a lot of people because, believe me, uh, you see guys sign for ten million dollars. All of a sudden, you see a guy fight for four. Also, you see a guy for two hundred thousand. You see a guy like me. Well, back in the day, but back in the day, guy, right? You see a guy sign for two hundred dollars. The guy for two hundred dollars is the guy going to click, and the guy, you know, I mean, so many mm-hmm. different things happen now. But I think with the draft, everything is going to be equal. They got to see who is the real one, and they got to go from there. You know, you mentioned the, the Latino ball player you wearing the shirt. The future is Latino. Um, you know, I've always wondered the regionality and, and how that dictates how players play. Like, we, you know, in, in basketball, you know, you a New York City point guard, you think of a certain kind of guy. You think of a West Coast Cali ball player, you think of a certain kind of guy. And and I know no player is a monolith. Like, I used to fucking hate back in the day where I'd hear, you know, you don't walk off the island. I'm like, wait a minute, so you mean to tell me that the players who are on the island can't have a good eye, you know, at the plate? Like, everybody's got to swing at every damn thing? Like, it, it was stereotypical in a way, but are, are, there, are there regionalized versions or ways people play baseball like uh, compared to in Venezuela or Colombia or the Dominican Republic or the Mexican baseball like is there stylistically is there that much variance when it comes to not only scouting but the actual application of those skills yes no doubt about it of, of course they are uh, because it's different culture different way to they grow up and I admire my tip I had a tip my hat for the Dominican Republic island it's so so little island, mm-hmm. and they got so much talent there. I said, man, what kind of water do you guys drink? <laughs> we drink the same water. Why do we eat? I know what you guys eat. How you grow up? How I know you grow worse than a lot of people mm-hmm. in, in, in all different countries. 
how you come to be this good? Well, obviously, first of all, like Cuba. Well, Cuba, it was now starting back to what Cuba was. It was, it was very overrated. Oh, this guy coming, really? this guy coming. Yes, because uh, we don't have the talent like Pantera. Uh, uh, you know, we have so much talent now. Now I'm just talking about my days. Jose ain't gonna be Jose ain't gonna be happy to hear you say that. Contreras no, ain't because, gonna be happy. Hey, you know what I'm talking is the truth. You know what? Back in the 60s, 50, is Luis Tien, Cuban players coming down here, right. you know, Jose Cardenar, uh, you know, so many guys, then all of a sudden they stopped happening. Then all of a sudden the Duque coming in, uh Contreras coming in, Arocha's coming in, then little by little they start coming in, then then all of a sudden Cuban players are what they what with people expect now okay now right now they have so many Korean players with so many talent so much talent it's, it's, it's unreal but back in the days oh you know it's Cuban no because was Cuban you know better than the Dominican guy mm. or the Venezuelan kid that's that's the difference was nowadays they come young before they come a little older and they come with a lot of talent and I don't say that it's a fact they are there you can see it and uh, you know, Arocha. Arocha was one of the best Cuban pitchers. He was pitching here with 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duque Hernandez. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's always his fact. Now they have kids 22, 23 years old, throw 98, 99 from, from the island. And I think you know, Venezuelan players got better and better every year. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it, baseball grew up. One thing I, I always concern, why we don't have the Mexican players mm. in the United States. I don't know why we're gonna take like three different shows to explain you why. No, get, get, give me the short version because I definitely well, know. First, I want to hear this. First of all, I think I think the, the Mexican players feel comfortable where they are. They don't want to go to nice there because they make a good money out of there. But okay. in the, in another hands, we, if I sign you, I owe you. Then when the, when when the American team interested in anybody, they say, "Well, yeah, you can have him, but you gotta give me." Two million dollars. Oh. If, if we sign this key, we give him a million dollars, five hundred thousand. No problem. But if I ask you, okay, hey, you sign with me. It's like a soccer signature. Okay. I own you, and that's the problem. Have then all the someone they let that go because whatever reason is, uh, it's a little too late for the kid. Then I'm I'm representing Mexican league. I'm into Mexican league. And I say, you know what? Just make a deal. Is my kid make it to, to double A? That's how much money you're gonna pay me. If my kid make it to triple A, that's how much money you owe me. So incentivize it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, if it's my kid is a is a trademark, that's more you pay me. If it's my kid is a superstar in the big league, you owe me twenty million dollars or hundred million dollars, whatever you want. You put the numbers up there, and mm-hmm. you will see more Mexican talent here. Believe me, it's not Venezuelan talent. It's not. The Cuban. Dominican Republic talent, mm-hmm. no Cuban talent, no. and Colombia same way, Panama the same way. We we had to make those guys to make it a little easier to get here, okay? Because when people talk about okay, Latino players or Cuban, Venezuelan, Puerto Rican, Dominican, that's it. Mexican, Nicaraguans, mm-hmm. um, Panama, Colombia, mm-hmm. you know they have so many good talent. We don't even care about it because we don't put attention to it, and that's the difference between one and another. And I hope that thing. It's time to get better. It's time to get better. I don't see that will get better in Mexico. At least they not do like like a process. 
Okay. Say, okay, if my guy's a super all-star, that's how much money you got me. How much? Okay, you put in the paper. 250 $1 million, $20 million. That's up to you guys. But the London not do that, we're going to know, we're not going to see a great Mexican kids play in the big league because I know they have few with a lot of talent and never had an opportunity to play here. That's blowing my mind because when we think about the NBA or when we think about the NHL or uh, any other sport that has uh, an international flavor to it, you think that the best players in the world want to play in these leagues or are playing in these leagues. And to hear you say that there's a whole bunch of talent that's still not in Major League Baseball because of the logistics and the financial part of it, it seems it's, it's uh, eye-opening to me. That's easy because I get in trouble when I was managed to say, why, with all my respect, why we put more attention on the Japanese player mm-hmm. when he's 20, almost 30 years old, and we, we cannot sign a kid from Latin America when they're 16, 17. Is you not sign what you're 16, 17? You're too old. I know Asian clubs got rules. Yeah, right. But looking how many Hall of Famers are right now for Dominican, Latin American people. I'm not going to say anything about Asian country. I respect that mm-hmm. because I know for a fact I got great relation with with uh, with the Japanese player I have, okay. But I think Major League Baseball because they take advantage, take advantage and say, okay, they need us. Mm. <laughs> Let's okay. do it. The island, they need us. Mm. We got to do it this way, and that's why uh, you know Japanese players they have their own people. By the way, be careful, be careful. Some players, some, well, I don't think this year when the other free agency they're not signing, they're signing. I was, uh, Ozzy Jr. was, me and Ozzy was talking my house of baseball. Mm-hmm. All the time, I know. <laughs> I said, Ozzy Jr. told me one thing. I'm like, hmm, man, you're right. You know, be careful. Some bigly play like uh, all-star, free agent, big-time mm-hmm. guy. They don't get a job in the United States. Boom, sign in, in Japan for whatever money is. All of a sudden, I say, oh, oh, wait a minute. I can still make the same money back there. I'm not going to like it. But I gotta say, I gotta make my money. Right. It's not like the way it was in the past. You dumb, we're not say you cannot play in the beat, you know. Then you they go to Japan. You. No, 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 no anymore. Same way with Mexico. In Mexico, I remember in 1980s, he's a fat guy with a big old belly. The guy <laughs> thrown 20 miles per hour sliders. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, like they have a beer in the in the middle of the home plate and hit. No, 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 no. That thing's over, bro. I'm, I'm real I players. Watch, I yeah. watch Mexican baseball. I go, wow, how great, how great he is now compared when I was 18, 17, 18 years old. It, it's a different competition. And that's why at the Major League Baseball, you had to put more attention. I think they're doing it. They're doing it. I think maybe a little more. It might be. But I, I think they have a lot of talent out there. And, you know, <laughs> listen, man, when you're hungry, and you have food in you and you play, you play, you play the lottery and mm-hmm. good luck, or you hope one of your kids are a baseball player. That's <laughs> in my country. That's all it is. That's why so many, so many, it's just so much competition out there. That's right. the reason you see kids make a commitment. Like that's why Major League Baseball is saying, no, 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 we're gonna have a draft. I'm 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Brother. These baseball listen, academies at 12 or 13, listen, right? I see it. I think. One kid, 14 years old, you know, 16 years old, sorry. I think, you know, that's the time we sign. I can tell you the name. And and and, and Carlos Guillen told me, go, Ozzy, what are you doing? I said, oh, this kid, I think you should see him. He, he practiced with me, with the, with the team in Venezuela. 
How old is he? 16. Four years too old. Wait, really? Yes, it's a fact. I go, what? Three years? He's 16 years old. No, we got to start. We've seen kids like 12, 13, 14 years old. That's how. So at that age, he had already aged out of what people old. thought he was a prospect. Man, okay. hear me. Like I, I talked to Kenny Williams years uh-huh. ago. Uh-huh. Years, years ago, I said, Kenny, why we not sign players? I said, we because of uh, uh, baseball. Okay, yeah, no, because yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no White Sox, baseball. Yeah. Sign Latin players when they 22, 23. Oh, I say, listen, that's when you start maturing. That's where your muscles can be, when you be a, a grown man. But you sign at 16 years old. Yeah, we have, I don't know, 700 Latinos in, in the big league. Okay. But we have millions of Latinos never make it. Mm-hmm. Millions. Why? Because we're too young. Too mm-hmm. young. We know it well. We know the, we don't know the language. Uh, we miss the parents. Uh, we're scared about everything. Yeah. There's so many things against your culture. You know what I mean? Back in Venezuela, you, you had your girlfriend, you had your mom, you had yeah. dad, blah, blah, blah. poor, but you have it. You right. go to the United States, all of a sudden you don't have anything. Right. It's like you feel against the wall. And that's why I think right now is to sign kids at 16, 17 years old. I think to me, it's still too young to make a commitment to be a great player. You know, it's, many, it's funny. Go ahead. How many, I'm sorry. How many Miguel Cabrera ask again you're going to find Venezuela, sign 16 and make it? Right, right. As the compared percent, to the ones who don't. Yeah, yeah the compared is like 92%, 98%, 94%. At, mm-hmm. at 8 to 16, make it. And that's why I think it's a wasting money and wasting time when you got a 16 years old pitcher. You know you got to be hurt. Why? Because he never throw every day. Mm. Back in Venezuela, you throw Saturday. You play once a week. You know how that training. And you know, so many now, I think, with the new schools, including Bob Abreu, who have won the best. Oh, he got a legit school. We talk about it. I say, that's the way you got to raise those, those kids. Throwing every day, very big league program, very minor league program. And uh, hopefully those kids, man, they have the opportunity we have. You know, it's funny because we talk about uh, back when the NBA allowed high schoolers to go straight to the league and how the league was getting too young and how you'd be on the road with a bunch of grown men and you'd just be stuck in your hotel. Uh, we don't we don't talk about enough to me. And, and this I'm complicit in this because, you know, I'm one of the talkers. Uh, we don't talk enough about not just the language barrier, but the cultural barrier uh, going from having no money to having the most money that you've ever had in your life, but not having your family around, trying to figure out what your social life is going to be like in a new city, where you're going to find the food that you that, that, that makes you feel like home is right around the corner. Like we don't we don't delve into those things. We just say, all right, that guy was a bust. He you know, he was, he was a player that couldn't play here or, you know, and then we see guys go back by to the where way, they used to play yeah, and have a good by time. By the way. <laughs> People don't understand, especially in the NBA, when you have plays, you got to be here. Don't move. Uh, 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 what, what, what are you talking about? I don't know. Now you have, you know what I mean? Now they have, by the way, now they have, uh, also I got trouble that I say we don't have interpreters. But when I was managing, I criticized Major League Baseball. Oh my God, I got fine, races. Mm-hmm. I said, we don't. And you, Joe Madden said it and it's all good. I said, I say, wait a minute. Yeah, I said, wait a minute. They bring Iguchi. Tadahito. Yeah, we have interpreter for Iguchi and we have people for Iguchi to help him. Yes, I love that. But we have Uribe, he can even speak Spanish. <laughs> and we don't have somebody to Uribe, Jose Abreu. Mm. Uh, Contreras. Mm. Uh, Contreras was lucky to have my son Ozzy to help him yes, and sir. Duque. 
okay, why we don't have time to help them the same way we help other people? I'm not going to put name in my mouth. It's other right. people. But it's just, it's, bro, it's a different country. It's so different. We say something wrong because I call my dad something. They're not going to say here. Oh, my God. Racist. Uh, improper language. You know, I mean, so many things we grow up in different way to 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 grow up and race in this country. I remember the rooster the rooster fighting scandal, and I, I had to go on the air one day and like, no, Doug, that's that's what happens in their country. Like, this is a sport in their country, right? Yes. And, and us putting our ideals on other people and and saying what should be normal for for them. It's just you know, it's it. When you when you zoom out, it's the exceptionalism that that, uh, Brother, that takes place in a lot of different areas, and it and it plays itself out in the sports. I'm telling you, I was in Yuma, Arizona, and my coach said, "Okay, play number two. We'll play." Boom, doing. I'm not looking at anybody in the cross. Like I look at anybody like God. <laughs> and I was so smart. Base was smart. Yeah. I went through it. But some people are like, "Hey, you're supposed to be there." Well, I don't know. Right. Say that in the meetings. They, people, they don't know how hard your stomach gets. Uh, you feel like you're the dumbest man. Yeah. You feel like everybody making fun of you. You mean, it's just... It's, it's a boatload of anxiety for a game that you got to be way, mentally right least, for. Uh, at least you are uh, Javi Baez or Vladimir Guerrero. Those right. guys with that talent, the one I don't have, they don't care about talent. I say, I don't speak no English. I don't care. My bad talk for me. <laughs> My bad speak, speak any language. <laughs> Okay? Oh, Pedro Martinez, my arm, right. people talk English, Spanish, <laughs> Japanese. But do you know how many people can be that be way? Be that. Not, right. not too many. Not too many right. people. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Luis Robert, man, that, that shit right there. Like, there's certain things that you see that you're like, all right, that's different. And if he stays healthy, you know, a lot of people think he could be a dark horse pick for MVP. How talented is this dude? Scary. Scary. Um, when I was starting with NBC... Ah, we got to show every day this kid in the minor league. I'm like, I'm like, okay, what do you mean? What the hell is going on with this kid every day? Yeah. White Sox was so bad. We got to show another, another show. The minor league show. <laughs> right. And I call, I call one of the secretaries of the White Sox. And I ask him, say, hey, what do you think of this minor league kid, Roberts? Best talent, I, best pure talent I ever seen in my life. Coming from that people, I said, well, I got to put attention to this kid. Wow. This better than this guy, this guy, in that age, in that time? Yes. Obviously, people are comparing him to it. They grow up and be a Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. But this man, today, it's easy, today. People just see him, he's playing it for our field stuff. He do two things, he never, never happened in the game anymore. He's still second, he's still third to win the game. Yes, he did. Off of a walk, too. And by the way, and with a great at bat, yeah. we got to keep like that with that power. He'd be anxious. I want to be the hero. He want to no take his walk, still second, and he's still third base with a lefty with no outs. Mm. You know Some how balls. gutsy. You know how gutsy you had to have to do that, especially when you're a kid and you manage his fucking Tony Arusa. Mm -hmm. First of all, like you throw him out in third base, like 
Come on, sit down next to me. <laughs> but you can see he's a baseball player. Right. If these kids don't get hurt, I say today in the show, I'm sorry, Acuna is my countryman, one of the best players I've seen in a long time. Acuna, mm-hmm. player, no hitter, no player, complete player. People got to start, they got to talk, talk to about Pantera then Acuna. Acuna will be your secondary compared with Pantera. Tatis is going to be a secondary. When right. the, if Pantera stay healthy, he wouldn't do that. That man, he's going to make them happen. So far, people say, yeah, oh, so you talk about this is because a good pitcher never hit a good pitcher. Uh, when we play this thing, they never hit. I say, well, not too many people do that. But with the talent he have, with the experience, he's going to continue to grow up with the experience. That kid's going to be very, very, very dangerous because you got tools. Arm, speed, power. But one tool you know what they have is baseball instincts. That's not a tool that comes with yourself. And this kid got a great baseball instinct. What do you usually learn from the first week of a baseball season as a manager or as a player? You know, like as, as fans, we're watching and hoping that you... You know, I I used to hear you and, and a couple other guys from the staffs from years before say, you, you try to win a series, try to sweep, you try not to get swept, right? And that's how you end up with your, your 85, 90 wins, whatever the case may be. What can you take from the first week of a baseball series, usually on the whole, outside of trying to stay healthy? That's it. Hopefully they stay healthy. Mm-hmm. The biggest enemy in Major League Baseball last three years, biggest enemy, I don't want to count the COVID year. Right. Is health. I don't know if the supplement, I don't want to take asteroid, nothing. They eat, mm-hmm. they stay healthy, don't eat fat. Yeah. They're, they're not they fat enough. Stay. They too, they too say, tightly wound. You know what I say? <laughs> fat people never pull anything. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I grew up, it's just, well, the drink water, uh, <laughs> this thing is bad for you. I don't think the players get, get up to it. And all of a sudden, your body can hold it because so many... Now, I don't want to tell the player, oh, we drunk every day. <laughs> eat, eat every day. Hard. You know what I mean? I don't say that. It's just like a... They look for something so... Uh, I don't want to say special. So particular, like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, bro, I'll pay you look good uniform. I don't care how good look you are. I'll pay you to be on the field. Now players are real fragile. You, like you got something going on, like, oh, I just I think I twist something. Two weeks IL. What? I don't know yet. No, two weeks IL. <laughs> I don't want to say players are fragile. It might be because I'm not in the clubhouse anymore. But I think those tough guy, very tough guy, that was not in the 80s and the 90s. Nowadays it's like yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I could sleep last night. Okay, you're not playing today. <laughs> you know I mean, all those li- li- little different things is a difference between baseball then and now. Mm. I think they have better talent now. Few them, few them, they have better talent now. But I don't want to see so many Hall of Famers yeah. in, 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 in 10 years than I see right now. You know what I mean? I grew up with Hall of Famers. Everybody's Hall of Famers. But right. now, like, like, you know, he's going to be Hall of Fame. Nowadays, you don't know who's going to be all of fame. The guy hit 120 home runs will be all of fame. <laughs> they, they don't play. They don't play long enough. Mm-hmm. Then that's 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 the problem we have right now. What do you think of pitch comms? Because I, I 
I think it's interesting that sign stealing and all these other things that have gone the way of the dinosaur, been taken out of the game, legislated out of the game. Now, for me, it's like, all right, now you can just look down at your wrist or listen to your ball cap and hear a sign being called or, or, or think of what sign is being called. And you can now throw the pitch with more conviction. You don't have to do the little things. Like, I think it takes a little bit of the burden of pressure and the instance and the moment off of uh, a player. And I, I've never been the guy who's like, all right, I don't, I, I'm scared of the future. I don't want evolution. But this to me, I, I'm, I've enjoyed watching it because half the time the shit don't even work. But the other half of the time, it feels like a little piece of that part of the game and the, the, the gamesmanship and the chess match has been taken away. What are, you, what are your thoughts on pitch comms right now? Pitch comms, I agree to one point. But when they, you told me what I had to throw, they, they show you how dumb you are. <laughs> and how and how dumb you catch it is, and nothing is going to take cats. Uh, that's a gentleman, uh, the pitching coach. Yeah, cats. Ethan Cats, mm-hmm. or whoever gives the sign to Keiko, fastball, slider. Keiko is, is you know me, Cy Young, he behind yeah, a decade. Like, what? Uh, you know, <laughs> like that's I don't get it. Like all the sign. Okay, okay, 1981, 82, Mizuno. Came with that. You can you can Google it. That technology. The technology. The catcher got a glove, and uh, you know the catcher and the pitcher got the sign. One fastball, two right lighted, and they like one. The catcher say two. The guy go one. You know what I mean? Like you could never come. So through. you could shake a guy off by just yeah, pressing the button never, repeatedly. Never, never come through. Never come through because Major League Baseball not letting happen. Okay. But that shows you. The people control baseball. They never play the game. Mm. Never play the game. They got bodies. They went to college. They're genius. But they never play the game. Why? Because everybody has been in the same page. Okay? I want to see if Freddy Garcia, if AJ Persico go fastball. <laughs> no, they want fastball. Freddie will call timeout. I need just mother cow. Everyone in the I throw whatever I want. That will happen. But playing that so soft or so scared right now, they go through it. It's I was magical. Uh, sorry, magical. Have a great year, magical. Uh, grand dog. Mm-hmm. And you are my, my pitching coach. And I've been catching for 10 years. You come up with that. I say, you know what? You catch. <laughs> I'm not that dumb. But that's why you are meeting. That's why you yeah. go to the Sky That's why you go to the Sky Report. Mm-hmm. But can you go to go like this to me? What pitch you going to throw while you never pitch in the big league? Please, how many pitching coach play in the big league? Pitch in the big, not pitch one day. Everybody can pitch one day. Pitch, pitch for real. How many hitting uh, pitching coach we have in the big league right mm. now? Nothing. Okay, now you're gonna tell me what I have to throw when you never pitch in this game, when you never face mm-hmm. the truth. That's why I think it's a foolish shit. Whoever come up with that is about money maker. If they cheating, major league baseball people know who was cheating, how, and mm-hmm. when. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna make it better. Now, the stupid rules. We're gonna make the rule the game go faster. Okay? Yeah, but the game go faster. For me, it's good. But I talk to the media, I say, please, ah, here we are, gonna go home. But and you can hear the guy. You can see guys take the hat off. I know hear you guys. I can do that. Now yeah. just do wait and you wait that long. Yeah. That. I, I don't know where we're going, man. Technology, it might pay them a lot of money. And God bless him. Good. More technology, more money would it make. Mm-hmm. Less smart we're going to get, but they're going to make money. But 
improve the technology in baseball that far, please, please, please. And I don't know how many uh, uh, players association with Clark, old school men, made that thing happen. Mm. Like, okay, uh, you know, like the same way with the people cheating, the pitchers. Mm -hmm. With the substances on their hands. Pitcher, he had to have something on the hands. Major League Baseball, I hope they hear our show. They got to come up with something to say, okay, this is a power shit. A power shit. You want to do this? This is shit. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing you got to use. Do you use something else? You should spend for life. But they had to grab something, especially in the cold weather, to make sure you don't rip. You know, you can get hit easy when the guy don't grab the ball well. Right. And, but you got to come with a product. Like uh, the a product that they can use, yeah. I said, yeah. Okay, this is what this only thing you can use. If you get cut with something now, you go. Done. Okay. But they had, they need to. They really need to. You're gonna see a lot of injuries because they don't have anything not to shit that helped them. Obviously, they were cheating, but they had to come something they can grip the ball and and, and do it. Because I don't, I'm hitting. I don't want to face Randy Johnson. You don't know what the ball's going. <laughs> right. That's happening right now. Right. That's happening right now. And that's right. that's at the major league baseball. You gotta come up with something. Uh it, it's legal with, with something good for baseball. Mm. Well, you know, Ozzy, uh, I could talk to you forever, man. And I appreciate your time as always. How you been? How, how you doing? I, I this we we get a chance to see you when the when the Sox come back around on NBC Sports Chicago. But how how's how's your winter been, man? How you been? I'm the happiest man in Earth. I got two grandkids. This is yes, my sir. life. That's my life. Believe me. I don't I I know. Don't think, I don't think life. Then uh, only his wife expect another kid maybe back in, in back in November. Oh, nice. But uh, I'm in the summer with my grandkids. Uh, and that's the best feeling I have in, in years. Have them to be around me every day. Uh, sometimes I want to kill them. Yes, I do. Sometimes I <laughs> But... Uh, <laughs> This morning I went to the game. They was playing the mud, and the uh -oh. little one come out and tried to hug me, and I tried to ole him like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I feel so I feel so guilty because I want to hold him and hopefully yeah, yeah, yeah. Make me make that me look that granddaddy, yeah, like yeah, that granddaddy I mean, guilt. Like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, but uh, man, it's, it can be better. It could be. I got an interview with uh with San Diego Padres. Nice. It went very well. Uh, but uh, you had a, you had an interview with the Padres. Yes, I almost about is they not make a deal for Bob Melvin with the Oakland A's. Okay. I will be the manager, and I was between you know my son Ozzy Junior and Oni. They want me to be manager, but my wife don't want to. I, I don't mind do it, but my my wife put everything on the table. Like, did you manage in San Diego? You know, going to see your grandkids, and then, mm -hmm. then I tell you, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then I, I know I'm gonna be miserable. I will continue to manage it, but I will be miserable thinking about my kids. As he told me, say we fly every week over there. You can have them for a week. And I like, nah, it's not the same. But I, I was lucky enough to be interviewed, a real interview. Yeah. No, like check mark. Like yeah, oh, you're Latino, yeah. no, but yeah. you are yeah. from American. Back no, yeah, no, no bullshit interview. quotas. Yeah, exactly. Nah, I know, I know. Blow with bullshit with people. Say, hey, this yeah, is yeah. real. I spend my time. You don't. I have a great job. I enjoy my life. Yeah. Right now, I, I I cannot be happier where I am right now. More happy today, you ask me, but today, see my boy hug me and kiss. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was to me today was a 
unbelievable day to see her back and I had a chance to to hug her and and, and spend a few minutes with him and talk to him about, you know, I mean, everything in my life. He got like 10 years younger. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, it's, it's the best thing happened today. But like I say, my family, my grandkids, my three kids got to pull up with my shit. My wife always <laughs> will do it. But uh, but my grandkids, is, uh, they change they change this family big time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, always appreciate your vibe. Always appreciate your energy and your candid nature. You are uh, not only a Chicago legend, a Chicago sports legend, but you're an icon in this city for a lot of different reasons, man. I, I truly appreciate you as always. And I'll I'll see you around the studio soon, brother. Jason, you're just funny. I, What's I'm, up? Very bad, I'm very bad with names. I'm very bad with names. It's all good. In bed, in Nazi, you go, hey, Jason Garvey, when they have any of you, ah, fuck that. Yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> they always go, who? That. That's embarrassing. You talk to this man. Oh, uh, yeah, that's up. my man. I, go, yeah. I, say, I say, okay, how about this? Ham. I go, oh, oh shit. I, I bring it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah to show you the picture, about. right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, because some, I say, Goff. I just talked to Goff two minutes ago. Oh, so I Ryan McGuffey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd be like, I thought you got to me. I'm going to show you a picture. Fuck yeah, man. Just come yeah. on, man. My man, my man. Ah, man. Uh, no, everything. Hey, man. Thank you so much. I know the respect. We have mutual respect. We talk a lot. Always, always. And you know, I know what the bullshit, no one. Yes, sir. And That's why so I love you. You either. You know what I mean? We I have like. so many, we have so many great media here. Uh, I call people soft media now, they, but I know who, who are the the real ones, like the way it should be. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Ozzy, as always, you, man. man. Hey, man, hey. it's an honor to be with you today. I swear to God. I'm not Love. a bullshitter. Yeah, man. I'm just straight to thank you. Love, man, as always. And I look forward to uh, having you on down the road. Have a great season. Kiss the grandbabies. Tell Ozzy Jr. and Oni and Ozzy, everybody, I said, what's up, man? Thank you so much. I'm here, brother. There it is. Ozzy again, right here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Gall. Time for some commercial. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 89 of the Full Goal Podcast. want to thank our special guests. It's a great conversation, as always, with Ozzy again. Thank you to Ozzy. Thank you to the family for everybody setting that up because we're both old guys and we need our technology set up for us. So shout out to Ozzy again. Shout out to his people. And uh, look forward to watching him do White Sox postgame and pregames on NBC Sports Chicago. And as always, our production staff, the active Jesse Lopez and the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. He was here. It must have been an important pod because he was here the entire pod just hanging out with us. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to Jesse. And thank you to you. The person listening to this right now, we appreciate you, everything that you do for this thing, whether you're downloading it, you're sharing it, you're subscribing it, you're rating and reviewing it, you're listening to it. We appreciate everything you do for the Full Go. This is the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. And as always, Spotify is the gang. We leave you with this. Make sure you guys are out there taking care of each other because the weather is changing and that is prime season to not take care of each other. So make sure you take care of each other and be safe. And we'll talk to you next time. 